Welcome to the Portable Pulpit. Let's go. Here we are, man. It's podcast episode one. Maybe we should do this like Star Wars and be like, this is episode four, five, and six. Then come back retroactively and try to fix it. Yeah. Make it worse. (laughs) What is the purpose of this podcast? So the the purpose of this podcast is um, to complement what our church is doing here in Colorado as far as sermon content, to be able to do uh, just bonus material, answer questions that people might have, as well as maybe address um, cultural topics that otherwise might not fit squarely behind the pulpit or they might not have enough time to completely unpack. And so this just gives us another outlet to serve God's people, to get them thinking um, to get them engaged with taking the gospel to their neighborhood. So um, I love the idea too that we're talking about um, potentially having testimonies from faith family. Yeah, I think I think for us it, this opens up a whole um, realm of possibilities. And we we called it the portable pulpit because it's a pulpit and a soapbox that we can take with us in different places. So we'd love to have testimonies involved. We've talked about. Uh, being able to have different guests on that we can interact with and as well just grab topics and and then chop them up and and see what we can come up with. And it'd be a research uh, resource to people to where they can go back and look at different things uh, that might benefit them in their faith and representing Jesus. I like that. You said something over lunch today because we had a guest speaker. Shout out to Charles Boswell. The Boz. Um just speaking to the fact that you're there as opposed to like just listening to a podcast. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I just don't think that podcasts are ever going to replace God's people gathering together underneath God's word. And so I think there's sacred spaces where um, it was just powerful for me to set in a church service. I hadn't actually set in a service that I like been in a service where I wasn't preaching on a Sunday morning with my people, like since I was in France um, with my pastor Gabby uh, back in Paris, and it was so powerful, moving for me just to be a Christian sitting underneath the Word, and not necessarily be the person that is delivering the Word. Technically, all of us are under the Word on Sunday mornings, um, but just to be able to be in the crowd and and because at that time and place, you know, God's not only calling us to individual responses to the Word, mm. but when you're in a church service on a Sunday morning with the faith family. It's it's God calling us corporately in this place in this time to a response to the word. So it's both individually and in, and it's um, congregationally. And I just I love podcasts. I listen to uh, lectures and um, sermons and history. I, I I I think that it's valuable for knowledge, hmm. and I think it's valuable for getting the juices flowing intellectually. Um, I think the church has a ton to offer as far as the modern conversation that is largely stifled, um, where there's just, there's very narrow viewpoints. And I think the church has a much more robust worldview um, and a lot to say to a lot of different things. So for that purpose, I think podcasts can come in for knowledge and for understanding. And for some people that maybe just like uh, I am at times, like, where do I even begin to think through this subject matter? And it's not that every podcast takes you the whole nine yards, but some podcasts get you going down that road and you can jump in on the conversation and it's a wide stream of voices that get you to your destination. So, 
What's there to be said about, um, especially at the start of one of these, right? We're kicking this off. Right. Uh, I, I think that, I think one thing is, is that one, technologically, you know, you've handled a, lo- a large uh, lion's share of this. There's that side of it. But I think as far as like um, what we're communicating is um, we don't have everything figured out or everything together. Um, we don't have the whole picture. God has the whole picture. Amen. Um, so the best that we can do is trying to usher us towards like a God-centric um, perspective on everything, whether that's medicine or sports or current political climates or um, how do we raise our kids or our testimonies. It's like the best the best thing that I have to offer, the best thing you have to offer is Jesus. Mm. And we're not going to get any better than that. And so... I think I think one aspect of this is trying to bring Jesus to bear on everything. Yeah. Of just He's the Lord of all. Nothing nothing nothing's untouchable. And even though our sermons are historically, infamously, seriously long on Sundays <laughs> and you're they're enjoyable. They're meant to be long and enjoyed, right? That's right. And so like despite all of that, there's just there's just not enough space there. And and I think rightly so, like Sunday morning should be directly handling the scriptures and what did God say. Um, and and we can make inroads into culture, make points into culture from that sermon, and we should rightly do that in application. Mm-hmm. But there's so much more from the word that we we can apply to culture, and there's so much more to the culture that we we can say that extends inf- infinitely more than beyond an hour. Yeah. Um, and so this gives us a little bit more freedom and it takes a little pressure off the, the pulpit too, if I could be honest, because I don't feel like I have to address everything there. Yeah. Um, the way our house churches take a lot of um, pressure off of me because they can also handle um, aspects of the teaching that maybe I didn't get to um, distill out the way I would uh, prefer. Well, I love that too, is this, this is a resource for our house church leaders. And so that's our system. Like we were preaching through books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And we have house church leaders. You're going to meet in your communities. You're going to be the pastor of your neighborhood. And this is a resource that in addition to the sermon, not only the cultural engagement piece, but like extensions on sermons, like what are some good books to read in light of this subject matter that we pulled out of the sermon? Um, And then just getting to know your faith family. Like that's different from most podcasts that I've seen is just like, extensions of sermons, like resources that are available to our house church leaders, like getting to know the testimony of faith family that you're sitting next to and worshiping God with. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, like this cultural engagement piece. So it's like multifaceted. And I think it'll be, it'll be a a process as well, because I, I think we're going to try to label things differently based on uh, different pieces that of the puzzle we feel like we're fitting together around our Sunday sermons, whether that's the testimony or culture or different things. So I think there will be a little bit of a, uh, as far as expectation is, is these are going to change over time, and, and we're going to figure out better ways um, to produce them, better ways to communicate things, and hopefully have a wider scope of people that we involve as well. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Say it's like a new listener. It's never heard of you or what you're doing. Oh man! Um, so my name is Colby Corso. I uh, I'm from Southern Oklahoma originally. Um, grew up there, pretty pagan. Um, just neither of my parents were believers. Uh, both of my parents are believers now. Um, they divorced when I was really young. 
Um, dad did rock music and drugs and ended up in the penitentiary most of my childhood. My mom was a bartender. My small amount of church experience I had came primarily through my grandparents, um, some of the most godly people uh, I've ever known. Uh, they originally AOG, but they moved over to the dark side to the Southern Baptist uh, later in their life. Um, but they were great, great godly people. And for me, a lot of my story is a lot of pursuit of things that weren't God, whether that's uh, you know just the acclaim of men, uh, the applause of men through sports or through academia, uh, going to the University of Oklahoma, um, and trying to do different things uh, to make money or the pursuit of women or the pursuit of drugs or the pursuit of what I thought was pleasure, which uh, I think once you start walking with Jesus, you start to understand what deepest, realest pleasure is really all about. Amen. And so I think my, my story was uh, God just claimed me for himself, put a stake on my heart. Um, and after my freshman year of college, and I started following him. He brought men into my life who began to disciple and mentor me and to um, teach me theology, teach me how to be a man, teach me how to be a father, um, teach me how to serve. And uh, and that's kind of been my journey. I, I um, got involved with ministry and, and um, teaching and um, um, had done some youth work, but mainly did 10 years of uh, collegiate work. BCM. Out in the college world. And uh, was probably, uh, li- I would know probably about it, um, was a life-changing experience to be in the collegiate world, yeah, to man. do ministry to secular campus. Uh, I taught at that campus for a bit. And that's where we met. That's right. That's our connection. And for me, it's, it's, it, it was such a genuine move of God to be a part of what God did there uh, to transform lives through the gospel. It, I, I changed so much as a leader, learning... Uh, it was really a laboratory for me to to learn about teaching and learning about leading and and strategies and missions. That's where missions really got in my blood, and I haven't scratched it out yet. And uh, we've been sending teams and going on teams and um, doing church planting all over the world. Um, and that time, and then eventually, we just we couldn't stay put, and so we uh, we went ourselves and did two years of church planting and disciple making in France, which we're still connected to. And we try to go back a couple times a year um, and advance the gospel there. Um, through some different circumstances and things, um, we had to take a break from full-time living there. And by God's sovereign grace, we ended up in a different mission field that's strangely similar in Colorado, where um, I think it's under 1% evangelical in France, and I think it's uh, there's no county in Colorado that's more than 4% evangelical Christian. So the secular, pagan, a lot of the similar type worldview things you run into in a post-Christian Europe, you find everywhere in Colorado. And for us, we love Oklahoma, that's home, but um, there's so many friends and allies that are pastoring or planting there that we we really felt like this might be a better fit for our family in the meantime as we kind of tried to figure out what we were doing with France, are we going back, are we and we didn't want to disengage from the front line. So uh, we came a part of a church here, um, which has been much more of a replanting project um, than it has taking over a pastor to something. Uh, we're in a small town outside of Durango, Colorado. And um, and as the churches begin to come alive, I think it's been such a, le- a hard, difficult learning process, but it's been beautiful too to um, see people saved, um, people discipled, people being raised up as leaders to teach the word and to shepherd 
um, families and marriages uh, being affected by the word. And so that's kind of what we're all in for. I wish that we had a strong evangelical church in every county and every city in Colorado, but that's just not the play, not not the case. And so for us, a big part of what we're experimenting with and believing for and praying earnestly for is not just for this church here to be healthy, but that this would be a part of ch- planting other churches, raising up other leaders, and even come alongside other churches that just need the same kind of like revitalization work happen. And so even as we met today with different um, leaders in the Colorado church, we're, we're dreaming out loud and, and we're praying earnestly, God, do something here because the need is great. Um, and it's, there's a lot of ugliness in a beautiful state like Colorado. Yeah. And so um, people underestimate, because I think people vacation here so often, they underestimate like kind of the, the ugliness and the sin and the sickness that exists in so many communities um, even though they're such a beautiful place. I mean, it's unrealistic how many um, suicides that we have yeah. in a place that you would say, well, you're surrounded by beauty. What the mess? Or, you know, What's that all about? But I think that there's a brokenness because um, Jesus isn't loved, he's not treasured, and their lives are disconnected from their purpose and their creator. So, Yeah, that's good. So that's a little bit about Colby Corso. Um, you'll learn about me later. I think that's good for episode one, the portable pulpit. Um, Be sure and check out, by the way, especially when we're talking about sermon extensions, like check out our website, fbcbayfield, B-A-Y-F-I-E-L-D.com. There you'll find just a little bit about uh, who we are as a church, um, our leaders, and of course, like our teachings. So you'll find like sermon content, our doxology, web pages on there as well. Um, check that out if you want to learn a little bit more about us. And we hope to get to know you. Please uh, subscribe, like it, share it, um, send us ideas. Yeah, you can email us through the website there. And we'll catch you guys next time. You've been listening to The Portable Pulpit. If you've been blessed, like it, share it, subscribe to it, and for goodness sake, send us some ideas.